Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Nicole, hello. Survivor One World just premiered yesterday. I thought it was a pretty, pretty good first episode. It was very bizarre. I really loved the twists, but we we had an injury. We had no one actually getting voted out. It was just sort of a very, a very strange episode, and it was strange for it to happen the very first episode of the season. But all in all, I think I liked it, and I see a lot of potential for this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, the ratings were 10.7 million, but I think they could have been higher. And, you know, I think it's going to be a really good season. So hopefully more people start watching it. Yeah. The ratings are better than the premiere of Survivor South Pacific, but worse than the premiere of Survivor Redemption Island, uh, which was last year at the same time. So get everyone you know uh, to watch the show next week. Survivor One World is going to be uh, an awesome season, that I think, anyways. So get them all to watch. Now, we were going to have Albert on the podcast with us to do this uh, premiere podcast. Unfortunately, he was unable to uh, record right now due to conflicts. But we're still hoping to have him on the uh, on the podcast sometime, either if we can get it sometime this week to still talk about the premiere, or maybe a different uh, episode down throughout the season. So we're still hoping to to talk with him, but it will not be this specific podcast. But we are going to have Jeff Garst uh, back with us. He's going to talk a little bit more about uh, some people on his list of the 100 uh, most entertaining survivors, but we're also going to talk with him with him about the Survivor One World premiere, uh, since we uh, were unfortunately unable to get Albert. So, uh, should we get Jeff on the line? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So, we now have Jeff back on the podcast with us. Jeff, how are you? I'm good today, David. How are you? We're doing great. Uh, very good. interesting, very interesting f- uh, premiere episode, I thought. Very, very interesting premiere episode. So, yeah. Albert, unfortunately, wasn't able to uh, be with us tonight, but uh, we're glad to have you here, and you can talk about the premiere with us and give us your insights, as well as talk more about your uh, list of the 100 most entertaining survivors. I'm glad to be back, David, oh. and I'm excited to talk to you about this uh, about this premiere. Well, we are excited to have you on, and we are excited to have you back pretty much every week this season, so uh, <laughs> as long as you'll keep talking to us. I'm sure it'll be all season, don't worry. Okay. So, uh, let's first talk about Survivor One World. Like I said, very interesting episode. The first one thing I have to talk about, though, is the One World twist. Two tribes living on one beach. What were your thoughts on this? How do you think it went? Uh, my personal thoughts, I think the twist has the potential to absolutely be amazing for Survivor. I think we've seen, you know, almost, uh, we've seen two or three seasons now within the past probably four or five seasons that have just been one tribe, post-merge, one tribe just dominates and kicks off the rest of the other tribe, a pagonging, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's been because we haven't seen as many tribe swaps, we haven't seen as much interaction between the tribes pre-merge, and therefore they are not willing to put their life uh, in other people's hands. But I think the fact that there's going to be so much pre-merge interaction between the tribes that it's really going to, it's really going to create an environment where post-merge interaction will also be uh, pretty high. And hopefully, hopefully we'll see some 
an interesting post-merge as opposed to, you know, something like we saw in Redemption Island or South Pacific. Yeah, that was my one thing in our uh, preview podcast. My big thing is I was really looking forward to this twist just for that exact reason, for the fact that we can have some nice switch-ups once the merge comes and it won't be as strict one tribe just beats the other. I'm really hoping that's the case. But who knows, it's possible since the men definitely were keeping a division between them and the the women except for Colton. So it may be one thing that they still stick together, who knows. But I'm really, really hoping that this this twist will help sort of make the post-merge a lot more interesting. I absolutely agree. Nicole, what are uh, your thoughts on the whole One World twist? Um, I also really like the twist, and... I was just, I was kind of amazed by how fast all the fighting began and everything like that. People were not very happy to be living on one beach with the other tribe and, you know, trying to steal things like, um, well, they they were catching chickens and then the girls didn't want to share their chicken and there was, the guys were able to start a fire, the girls wanted the fire, the guys wouldn't spare the fire, they tried to steal the fire in front of them, they tried to go back at night and steal the fire, and they stole it, but then they couldn't keep it going, which was really pathetic. Um, <laughs> so, it, it was just a lot of conflict already, and I think it's great, I can't wait to see how it all is going to continue to work. Yeah, I agree with you, Nicole, and I think... Uh... I was surprised at the way that they approached it. I was surprised that there was so much division. I thought they'd be a lot more willing to work with each other, but mm-hmm. no no dice. Well, it's just the thing that when you're competing as a team, you still have to have this team mentality. Otherwise, when you go off competing, you're not going to be bonded as a group sort of thing. So I think that was the men's main thing is like we need to be we need to come together so that we can actually win and do well. As opposed to if we're all just one big happy family, when it comes to challenges, we're not going to be as closely bonded. And you may be less likely to give it your all just because your best friends are on the other tribe. Yeah. I, I was interested in seeing how um, how they would handle that. I personally thought that they would work together more than they did. I didn't think it would be complete unity, but I thought it would definitely be a- Something more than just everyone to their sides. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So what do you guys think about there's Matt and these um, guys with their six-pack six pack alliance going on? And I, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about all that? I personally, I think that um, those, those alliances are always the first to form and the first to fall. I mean, the alliances that are based purely on, you know, we're the bigger, stronger guys, we're, we're this type of people. The, the, the alliances that are based purely on immediate visual things tend to be the first to fall in, in most other seasons. Whether or not that will happen um, in this season, I don't know. But I personally, I'm a fan of, like, Bill on the Males Tribe. I'm also, pre-game, I was a fan of Colton. But now, <laughs> I, I mean... I'm just every time he opens his mouth and every time he does anything, I'm just in awe because he claims he knows how to play the game. And I'm just I don't know what he's doing. So I'd say right now my male pick is Bill just because I like him and I hope that he can um, as part of that bigger alliance go pretty far. Cheer that Nicole Bill. (laughs) Uh, Bill was my pick to win. 
the season actually in my in our preview podcast nicole predicted that he'd be one of the early boots so uh, <laughs> i'm hoping he at least makes it to the merge <laughs> so i can have some credibility <laughs> nice but yeah to me i'm not a huge fan of matt i mean he just seems very arrogant and the, the six packs alliance as i call it I, I really like Bill in that, but I'm hoping... I think Bill is the type of person that if if Colton used the idol and got Matt out, I think Bill is the type of person who could easily switch to the other side and be with that group. He just seems like that kind of likable, adaptable person. Well, and in all the pre-merge stuff, Bill was the one saying, there's a big move out there, and I want to be the one to make it. And uh, I I don't think he would in any way, shape, or form, shy away from making a move that goes against the dominant alliance. Yeah, definitely. And in the uh, in the like tagline for next week's episode, it says, a team of underdogs comes together to form a, uh, an alliance against the dominant one. So I'm thinking it's going to be like Colton and the Tarzans and Leaf all coming together and trying to get rid of Matt and Michael and them. Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see what happens as well. But I have this feeling that Matt's going to make it far in the game. Like, I personally don't like him. I agree with you, David. I think he's arrogant and everything. But they were showing a lot of him. Like, they, they kept going back to him talking and everything that he was saying. And I'm like, hmm, maybe there's a reason to keep showing him. But who knows? Or they're showing him a lot because he's not going to last that long. I was going to say, Edgic is in no way, shape, or form an exact science. <laughs> for, those of you know who's, uh, for those of you who don't know what Edgic is, uh, it's basically a chart where they take each person and each episode they rate how much they were shown in the episode. So from under the radar to uh, middle of the road to over the top, I think, are the three big yeah. ones and then there's varying scales of all of those and and whatnot and from that they then try to predict who's going to win and who's makes it far and everything but uh there's a lot of flaws and it's never worked <laughs> no it doesn't and i think the uh you know you know the word magic is a compound of editing and logic and i think putting those two words together with uh with regard to survivor is just a flaw in and of itself yeah, there, I, I feel like sometimes there is no logic to their editing. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can definitely agree. I mean, there's definitely story arcs and everything that they do in the editing, but sometimes they're not they're not purposely showing the person who's going to win all the time, except if Boston Rob's playing. <laughs> <laughs> then they're just gonna show them all the time. <laughs> So there was sort of a lot of stealing this episode. You had uh, Michael stealing all the stuff while the, the girls were had their backs turned unloading the rest of the truck. You then had the girls sneaking at night and trying to steal the fire. I don't know. I, I don't think we've seen nearly as much entertaining stealing since Pearl Islands when Rupert was stealing was the other say, tribe's Rupert shoes. Rupert would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> they always say lie, cheat, and steal, but stealing is the one that happens the least out of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, when Michael started doing that, I just started laughing, and I knew the moment he started doing it that it would come back to bite him in the ass because, I mean, it, with One World, they're living on the same, uh, they're, they're living on the same beach, and I, he, they didn't know that yet, obviously. And yeah. I just, 
I knew right then that he was not probably not going to make if he made it to the merge that he was not going to make it much past because those girls would still remember that because it's little things like that that set people off in this game absolutely yeah, yeah. and that's not yeah. even a little thing that's <laughs> a big thing I mean to steal an axe and uh, a bunch of supplies oh <laughs> uh, I found it hilarious though and then oh yeah it was absolutely hilarious I and agree. then none of the girls saw him whatsoever they're <laughs> like where did it go we had it here somewhere and then they're like, did you guys steal it? And then Leaf, who didn't know what was going on, was like, we didn't steal any of your stuff. And then Micah goes, oh, we have an axe here, but I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it There's... just happened to grow legs and walk over to our side. There's a lot of stuff over here. Right. <laughs> and the girls Apparently... are sitting with their coconuts, bananas, and frying things. Apparently the girls weren't listening to stuff because well, I think when you have 60 seconds, your mind is just so crazy. I have to get everything. You're not listening to Jeff at that point. <laughs> That's the last thing on your mind. <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. I'm trying to unload the truck. It's like Jonathan Penner all over again. Yeah. Um, I, one of my, another one of my favorite scenes that came right after that was when they're trying to carry their stuff and the guys just have so much more stuff and they're they're having trouble with it. But then they cut to the girls who have a bu a bundle of coconuts, a bundle of bananas, and a frying pan. And these girls can't even carry that. <laughs> just, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of Leaf, and I thought it was pretty cool to see him, you know, he's definitely not a week by any means. He's definitely oh. pulling his weight, and I, I really hope he makes it far. He's one of my favorites right now. I agree. One of the things I was surprised by was that nobody... I mean, with the exception of, I think it was Jonas who mentioned it while they were carrying the stuff, nobody ever talked about it. It was kind of like a, almost a taboo subject, which wasn't the case when we've seen um, other survivors who have had, you know, Christy, who was deaf, you had Chad mm -hmm. who with the um, his prosthetic leg, and Kelly B with her prosthetic leg. They, they were all very vocal about it, and nobody's really talked about the fact that um, Leaf is uh, a little person and i i thought I, I i was surprised by that i thought they'd talk about it a lot more yeah you'd think they'd make uh i one of my favorite scenes from vanuatu is when like chris is saying i think you have a leg up against me <laughs> <laughs> and then chad's like i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's sort of showing those moments in like that sort of rings things together and shows that you know everyone has in common so totally ignore it you know uh but maybe we'll come up more in in future episodes and we just saw sort of about it with jonas and we'll get more as as the season progresses right yeah i i also like sleep and i was i was glad to see him pulling his weight and everything like that what do you think about the challenge if you guys were a part of the challenge would you have done what the guys did and just take the win because there's an injury and they couldn't keep going? Or would you have kept playing anyways? David, do you want to answer first? Oh, for me, there's no question. I mean, that, if you, you have to take the win. If you were to say, no, let's continue, and you lose, you will be ridiculed for the rest of Survivor history and look like the biggest idiot tribe who had the option of winning immunity and you gave it up, you know? 
To me, to me, there was no question that you had to take the win. I mean, you're playing for a million dollars. You have to you have to ensure that you're not getting voted out. So for me, they did the absolute right choice. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, for me, it was a bit harder of a decision than I think it was for you, David. For me, logically, I guess, you know, if I were them, I'd say we're four people up right now. All we have to do is cross a balance beam and a rope bridge, which are two, in my opinion, two very easy things to do. And it, we're going to win the challenge anyway, so why not continue and at least buy that goodwill? But then when I think about it, if I'm actually in that situation, I don't know that I could have, A, persuaded a group of guys to take that option, or B, taken that option myself when it's right there in front of your face. And the fact that they're living on the same beach just adds a whole nother layer of complexity to that. Yeah, well... Two things for that. We've seen in both previous men versus women challenges, the men completely blow it on the balance beam in the very right. first episode. So for me, I'm like, I would be thinking there is this karma <laughs> that the men lose the very first episode whenever they do men versus women because of the stupid balance beam. If we can get an automatic win, let's get an automatic win. The other <laughs> thing I wasn't sure about is that then do the women just Get, have an advantage because then they have to continue with one less person or do the guys get to sit someone else out too that was my that was a question i had but actually i was watching the challenge with my best friend and she like almost wanted to walk away because she thought the guys were going to win and i kept saying to her no someone is always bad at the balance <laughs> someone yeah. will be terrible at the balance i mean we saw chris do it in vanuatu we saw ryan and dan do it in amazon i, I completely agree with you david yeah, to me, if I if I if I'm on a, a tribe or if I'm on a Survivor season and it's men versus women, my first thought would be, "Crap, I just lost because my I'm on the guys team and we can't do a stupid balance beam." And you you know that's going to be the first challenge. Right. <laughs> what would you have done, Nicole? I agree. I would have done the same thing. I would have taken that immunity as much as I would have loved to see the challenge play out. Um, and the competition and everything like that, you know, you gotta go with what's safe and what's best for your tribe and yourself. And the girls, they were so offended. They were like, that's so mean and everything like that. But if it had happened to them, I think they would have made the same choice. And it just annoys me how so many of the girls in this episode were very stereotypical girls and they couldn't <laughs> get a fire started and they were like wanting these men to help out. And all this and stuff. They offered, they offered to weave for them. That, that <laughs> yeah. was, I mean, if if you want to be the stereotypical women, like, okay, we'll we'll cook for you, and you can't <laughs> give us fire and bring home the meat. Like, I just, yeah, I, I agree with you, Nicole. Yeah, and to me, there's absolutely no question if the if if the situation was reversed, the women would have taken the automatic immunity. Absolutely, there would have been no question. They would have done the exact same thing. They were. They would not have said, "Okay, guys, we can we can play it out." They would have. They would have taken it as well. I agree with you. Let's talk about. We mentioned the one world twist and everything. Let's put ourselves actually in in this scenario. If if we were on the one world twist and we just found out that the other tribe is going to be there, how would that change our strategy? What would your strategy be? Do you talk to the women at all? Do you not talk to them? Or men, if. If you're a woman, vice versa. <laughs> but uh, what would your strategy be going into a one-world twist? 
Okay. If I were in the game, I I think whether or not I was on the same tribe as the person, I would be a sheep for the first couple of days. I, I don't want to rule the game the first couple of days. And I would just transfer that strategy into the One World Twist. Um, if everybody else was talking with the women and being friends, great. I'm there. I'll make, I'll, I'll make friends with the women. If everybody else is shying away, I'll shy away as well. But then comes the complicated part of the twist, which is, do you really want to shy away if you see one person like Colton go over and talk to them? So my, my strategy would be, I, I would, I would probably stick with like kind of the boys club and, uh, and stay away from the women as much as possible. But um, I, I don't know. I would also look for opportunities to talk to the women without um, without anyone knowing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would have kind of the same strategy. I would really want to um, stick with my tribe. I don't want them thinking, oh, there goes Nicole. She is uh, talking to the guys and – forming alliances with them, we got to get her out and everything like that, because, you know, people, people weren't looking too highly on all of that in this episode, but, you know, people, other people aren't around, and there's just, like, me and one guy, we can form an alliance, I think that would be really cool to um, start forming bonds with people without other people knowing it, so that you have that sort of bond um, when you come to the merge. I don't know, in the back of my mind, I would... I would want to, I really want to go and just talk to these people. I I don't like the whole competition. I guess I'm not a very competitive person. I wouldn't make a good survivor player because I'm not that competitive. Yeah, I don't know. That would be my strategy, I guess. Yeah, I have have several thoughts on how I go about this. The first thing is I I would almost talk with my tribe and see if we could come up with a strategy to utilize this the best. Okay, we're we're stuck here together. How can we as a tribe use this to our advantage the best? Is there some way that we can get information from them, some, some sort of way to make this become an advantage for us? I don't know exactly what that is, and I'm hoping people will sort of try to do that as the season progresses. So that would be my one strategy. I would sort of want to talk to to the other tribe, but I would maybe take a, a lesson from Boston Rob and do it in a buddy system <laughs> and and just have, like, two people go over. And I would never want to have it, like, be with the entire other tribe, but just, like, one, in, one or two other people sort of a thing just to, to get feels and reads and and see if you can sort of make you know a backup alliance or something do you think there is a way to utilize the uh twist to your advantage i think so but in order to work the other tribe has to be sort of naive (laughs) if if both tribes have come to the same conclusions then i don't think it is possible if they're both trying to play each other it's never gonna work you know so one tribe would have to be stupid, I think. <laughs> Which, in Survivor, I mean, there's a good chance that that will happen. Oh, absolutely. And really, you don't even need the whole tribe to be stupid. Just one or two people <laughs> in the tribe. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely... I, I'm really, really excited to see how this completely changes strategy and what new things come as a result of it. I think people are definitely going to be more open to talking to the other tribe as the game progresses. You know, you're you're in that first couple uh, couple days, and you don't have to vote anyone off yet, so you can be one cohesive unit, or you can try to be one cohesive unit. 
But as the game progress, you know, you realize, oh crap, I have to vote somebody out. Oh crap, I need to cover my own. But as opposed to the uh, uh, six people around me, you're gonna start to need the interaction with the other tribe. Yeah. And so I think it'll definitely increase as the game progresses. Absolutely. So let's talk quick about Colton. I had said from in my preview that I thought Colton may be an early boot just because he seemed to uh he's he was different than the rest but he seemed to point out that differentiation and make it like almost become the martyr and i i really think i saw that uh on this episode so do you think do you agree with me that colton sort of ostracized himself or do you think the tribe truly ostracized him i think uh i think he definitely ostracized himself i think you really, you can't, you can't question that. I mean, there was that confessional from Matt that said, okay, yeah, you're gay. We don't really care, but you're talking to them and you need to quit that. You know, that that's the reason why we don't like you. Yeah. Um, and I think the fact that he did that and he immediately was willing to go talk to the girls right away. Um, and also, and so if it were just based on that, I think he'd be a, a good pre-merge, probably late pre-merge boot. But I don't think I've – I mean, he was the number one advertised survivor from this season. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen someone be the number one advertised survivor and get out early. So I, 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 if, I, if I were a betting man, I'd place my bet on early merch boot. Yeah, well, now that he uh... – now that he has the idol, it definitely can change everything. So yeah. I can definitely see him lasting longer and pulling like a Cochrane, so to speak, or even maybe using the idol and getting the majority with the Tarzans and whatnot. But I do think he was shooting himself in the foot for this first episode, aside from aside from getting the women to give him the idol. But it seems like in the next episode, Sabrina regrets that decision. Yeah. <laughs> So that will be interesting to see. <laughs> I'm surprised by him. I, you know, originally thought he was going to be able to fit in with his tribe better. It, it, but he he was totally different from the rest of them and not even trying. Like right away when he found out he was going to be with the guys, he was totally unhappy about it. He wasn't trying to think, okay, how can I make this work out? He's just like, let's go over here right away and talk to the girls and on my side that I'm not going to be loyal to them. It just wasn't very good thinking. Yeah. We have Christina and Alicia, and they don't get along with each other. Alicia is, I, I think she's kind of obnoxious, very outspoken, um, big hair, and she goes over and she's trying to get fire, um, but she's just asking the guys for it, um, and then offers someone else to take her pants off, but not her. Um, <laughs> all this weird stuff going on, I don't know. But then, she really hates Christina, who then comes over and tries to get fire from the guys, too. But she's, like, being more logical about it and making deals, like, we'll trade you this for this, um, rather than saying, hey, give us fire because we're pretty girls or something. But she gets all mad at Christina for doing that. I don't know if she thought it was supposed to be a whole tribe decision when they're making trades like that. I don't know. I don't really like this rivalry stuff, this hatred going on between the girls. Like, all the fighting and everything, like, it just, it makes me disappointed in women in general when they're at tribal council and all the fighting's going on. And um, whoever that girl was that had her hood up, she just made me laugh somehow. And I, yeah, it was interesting. 
What do you guys think? Come to the dark side, Nicole. Come join the men's side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with with most things you said. I'm not a huge fan of either of those girls. I'm not a big fan of Christina. I'm not a big fan of Alicia. But I'm more a fan of Alicia, or I'm more a fan it's, of Christina than I am Alicia. It's Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. Don't it's she? She's like gonna me. punch you in the face if she if she catches you saying Alicia. Alicia. Yeah, well, hopefully she's not a viewer. Um, <laughs> But I, I think Alicia is just I, – I don't understand the argument. She's saying they were making shady deals when really Christina was just out in the open being like, hey, we'll weave those for you. I, mean, oh. I, I don't understand how it was a shady deal. I didn't understand the argument of should we weave them in our camp or their camp? Does it really matter? I mean as long as there's – as David mentioned, as long as there's like a buddy system and there were two women doing it. It didn't really matter because you weren't going to be conspiring with the other tribe. I, I, I just don't understand where this argument comes from. Uh, I'll I, explain it to you. Here's how it happens. Uh, Alicia came into this game knowing that she was going to be the flirt. She was going to be the guy who could get all the... Or she was going to be the girl that would get all the guys wrapped around her finger. And she had tried and tried to get them to give him, give the girls fire, and they wouldn't do it. And then Christina comes, and she talks, and is able to work a deal, and now Alicia's, Alicia's jealous and is thinking, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, so we need to get Christina out so I can go back to being the flirt. That makes more sense than anything I've heard. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta understand women, Jeff. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Ask any of my friends. <laughs> but that that's really all I think it is. I think it's an ego thing for Alicia, and she just, someone else was being able to get the guys to do what they want, and it wasn't her. So, obviously, Christina is a horrible person and is betraying the tribe and needs to get out. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of the, the Hidden Immunity Idol? We had the twist, and we sort of actually got to play it out in the, in the very first episode of the season. I don't know, have we ever had someone else find the idol the very first episode? I know we've seen it like episode two and three, but I can't remember specifically an episode one idol find. I'm trying to think about it, was did Ralph find it in Redemption Island? The I'm first pretty episode? sure that was episode two. Huh? No, then I, I think it might be the first. And it was in such an obvious place. It was, yes. <laughs> I mean, the first place if I get on that island, the first place I look for an idol is trees with holes in them. <laughs> yeah, that was a stump with a like. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just stopping because I was so angry. Oh. <laughs> I thought we you had got cut off or something. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you were just getting infuriated. Okay, continue your, your rant. Oh, no, I just, I mean, <laughs> hide them in somewhere where they can't. I mean, I understand why they hide them in easy places because if you hide them in hard places, there's a chance they won't be found, and that doesn't make the game as fun for the viewer. But I just... You can't make them that easy. I mean, look at it happened in every season in the past couple, with the exception of Nicaragua, where the idols were just it's like they just kind of sprinkle them around the woods, and I just don't get it. Well, and I also think I, re I remember back in Redemption Island and watching that, and I thought, 
Ralph, where he found the idol, that was like the easiest spot in the world. You go over to Boston Rob's tribe, and he had to like go through 27 different trees finding the right little spot up high in the tree, whereas Ralph just had to look for rocks in a hole and find his. So I don't you even know, think I it's... Think, comp- I think the reason behind that was because they were trying to give Russell another idol. And, and that's probably what it was. I just think they're not even always fair in... And the placement on both tribes, you know, where yeah. where they're putting them. So, I don't know. At this point, I, I, I'm never going to believe anymore that they're actually going to hide the idol well. But I do enjoy the fact that even though she found it right away, she couldn't use it on herself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's a great twist for the game because it really, that forces the interaction that we were hoping for. Yeah, it reminds me a little like Survivor uh, China, where they had to give the clues to someone on the other tribe. But I don't know. I think I like giving just giving them the idol better. <laughs> uh, it makes me uh, curious if episode two, the other one, gets found, and we just have both of them by by episode two, both idols are in play. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I I like the idols. I like what's going on with that even though they're not well-hitting. So we have this Troyzan and Tarzan thing going on. Um, Tarzan says that his name's Tarzan, and Troyzan's like, whoa, um, I'm Troyzan. We can't have a Tarzan here. So I I don't know um, if those two are going to end up getting along or what's going on with them, but what do you guys think about that? (laughs) I'm speechless once again. Like, I'm sorry, but you're a 50-something-year-old man, and uh, Troyzan is a 50-something-year-old man. Tarzan looks like he's probably a 60-something-year-old man, (laughs) and I don't know. When I'm 50 or 60, people are going to be calling me Jeff. I just don't understand people who are are that out of touch with society who who think that it's cool to be – and same goes like Shambo. They're called Survivor Contestants, Jeff. That's that's true. They specifically look for these people. I'm planning on, I really want to be on Survivor someday, like, once I turn 19, because in Nebraska you have to be 19 to be on Survivor, once I turn 19, my application video will be sent in, and I just, I feel like I'm not weird enough to be on the show, because every season they just find these people. Mm-hmm. See, what you just have to do is, like, call yourself Jeffbot and pretend you're a robot. <laughs> You'll get on for sure. They're not going to pass up the opportunity to have a guy who thinks they're a robot on the show. And when it rains, I can short out. Like, it's perfect. Malfunction. <laughs> Jeffbot, why are you running so slow in the challenge? <laughs> Does not compute. Does not compute. No one turned me on Turbo. <laughs> that would be, that would be, uh, it'd sort of be making a complete joke out of Survivor, but I would sort of love to see it. <laughs> I, I don't think the day is, uh, I don't think the day is far ahead of us. I think one day we will see someone who thinks they're a robot. But yeah, back to the original intent of the question. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't dislike or like especially either uh, Troyzan or Tarzan at this point. Um, I suppose I, there's a, I kind of like Tarzan a little bit better because I always, there's always a spot in my heart for rooting for the old guy. And, the, and uh, Troyzan seems a bit more of like the physical mainstream survivor type person. So if I had to choose between the two, I'll probably choose Tarzan. 
my thinking is they better get over their little name rivalry fast because they need to come together and get rid of the the buff guy alliance and they really need to get them leaf jay and uh colton and sort of solidify that and take out uh the the more <laughs> the fit guys who already have an alliance so i think their only hope is actually working together because i if they don't work together i see both of them getting out very quickly i agree and i would never let my ego na- egotistical name get in the way of me winning a million dollars I yeah. mean, if it's a matter of we work together and hopefully win this game or we continue to hate each other because you call yourself Tarzan, I think that's just superficial and stupid. But I'm Tarzan. No, I'm Tarzan. <laughs> I should oh, Break it up. <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously the biggest thing this episode was someone getting medical evacuated in the very first episode, which I think is... That, that one I know is definitely a first. And I think she's also the first woman to get meta- medically evacuated from the game. Jeff Probst is just like stressing this entire challenge. Now remember, when you jump, cross your arms and land on your back. Like like we're about to go down a water slide. He's like, alright, let's go over the rules. <laughs> Hands behind your head, legs crossed. <laughs> no standing up while you're inside the slide. But obviously people needed to pay attention. Once again, this is uh this episode shows that no one is actually listening to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I think we should take away from this episode is if you want to stay in the game, you have to listen to Jeff Probst. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't doing the Twitter or the tout with him this episode like I did last season because um, I have a class on Wednesday nights, but I guarantee you that is one thing that he said is always listen to me. Actually, he wasn't able to to do it this uh, this week. He had a last minute oh. thing come up and he wasn't able to tweet and tout with everyone. Well, I, I think that. I think he uh, I think he did one tout saying he couldn't tout anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. but I mean, I saw this challenge and I thought it was just the dumbest. Like, what's the hard part of this challenge and then like you said david there's always one person who can't do the balance beam and it kind of clicked for me but still this challenge uh doesn't bode well for the challenges in the rest of the season no yeah i when i first saw the challenge i was like that's it <laughs> i expected there to be a puzzle or something exactly yeah <laughs> not i i didn't think the the climactic ending would be going across the rope bridge which we didn't even get to see but if they had gotten to that point i can hear that music in the background of like the triumphant music while these guys are just like crossing this rope bridge (laughs) (laughs) yeah she completely broke her wrist and as soon they had to go give her an x-ray and as soon as they went to tribal council and jeff was like well let's just talk about things first before i give you an update well i knew was like well duh she's not coming back because if she was they would include her in the conversation (laughs) absolutely and i was sad i liked courtney i didn't think she'd win the game but i i thought she was cool she's kind of like with the exception of flicka in season 13 she's the first like alternative type person they've ever had on the show you know she had tattoos she was just kind of geeky and quirky and i really like that i like that type of you also sort of had angie from palau that's true that's i guess i i I left out angie 
But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we don't see that type of person very often, and I was excited to see how she would interact with more of the people on the tribe who were a bit more like mainstream America, and unfortunately we didn't get to see that. Yeah, I really liked her. I thought she was a very likable person. I did predict that she was going to be an early boot just because I found her not to be as physically strong and maybe not have the cutthroat attitude as a lot of the rest of them did. Um, but I never expected her to go out because of a shattered wrist or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just very disappointed. Like, you know, I, the episode would have been so much better if they, no one would have gotten hurt. They could have made it through the challenge. They could have had the typical voting out of someone. Then I would have been really pleased with the episode. But I was just really disappointed because you don't want anyone to get hurt and have to leave the game that way. Um, they should be oh. the traditional way, you know? And you know, I've broken my wrist before. If that happened to me, I would I would not let them stop the challenge. I would not let the medical team look at me. I would say, I will let it grow back the wrong way, and we can re-break it in 39 days. Like, there's nothing that is going to take me off the game of Survivor. Well, and they could even still put it in a sling. Like, that's part of the, like, that's perfectly acceptable. They can put it in a sling and manage it for you. They and just there's, been, there's been people on the show who have done that before. They've even made yeah. like a little homemade sling out of vine. Yeah. Just a wrist is not taking me out of Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> not completing the challenge and then not having a true tribal council. You just felt sort of like something's missing here, you know? And that, that was my first impression of the episode, too. I felt it was anticlimactic. I, I was kind of disappointed until I went back and thought about just how unusual the episode was. You know, that's not the usual structure of an episode. And it was just kind of odd. You know, I was trying to compare it to, like, the premiere episode of Heroes versus Villains, which, in my opinion, is the best premiere episode of any Survivor season. But I, it just, like, it didn't stack up in the traditional sense of what is a good Survivor episode, but I just thought there was something unusual about it that I really enjoyed. Yeah. What players were stand-up players for you guys? Um, well, like I said, Bill, I'm a big Bill fan. He wasn't too featured in this episode, but he was featured enough for me to uh, to like him. Also, I was a big Sabrina fan. I like Sabrina. She's a, uh, I think I remember reading somewhere that she's a high school debate coach, and I'm I'm a debater. I debated in high school. I'm currently debating in college. And so obviously I'm going to root for her. Um, for other people, I liked Colton before the season started, but now I'm, I, I have trouble liking stupid people. And I just feel like he's not that intelligent of a person if he's going to play the way he's been playing. Um, as for the other girls, there's also, with the exception of Alicia, Christina, and Sabrina, they were all kind of transparent you know you didn't see much of them so i can't really say if uh, uh, if i like any of them extra or if i like any of them more than i do any of the others based on the episode but i really liked kim preseason for me i really like bill uh leaf and uh jonas those are probably my three favorite from the guy tribe and i'm i'm just fascinated by michael and i want to see what else he can do i i really want him to become sort of a villain like, there's some villains that I absolutely can't stand, and there's other villains who I'm just sort of intrigued and want to see what they can do. And he's sort of one, like, Matt's sort of the villain I don't want to see, you know, and Michael's the one that just intrigues me enough that I want to see what all he can get away with. As, as far as the girls, Sabrina, I thought I thought was good. 
I thought from pre-show that Monica was going to annoy the heck out of me, um, but I actually did not find her annoying at all in this episode, really. Um, it's hard to find someone annoying when you didn't hear a word from them. Well, yeah. she said, no, I'm not going to take off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> And that made you like her more? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> she didn't go on a long speech either about how her her husband's a football player and he wouldn't approve of her <laughs> of her taking off his pants or anything. I really thought that she wouldn't be able to keep her mouth shut. So it so it made me happy when the episode her mouth was shut for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad, but and then I, I I really liked Courtney, but then she got out, so that's probably what I got from the girls' tribe. Did you guys think that they were that she was going to come back, and did you think that when they, she w- wasn't coming back, that they were still going to vote someone out? I knew right away that they weren't going to have two people leave. Um, and so I knew that if she did in fact go, that they weren't going to vote anyone else just because it was the very first episode is day three. They didn't want to completely change all their plans yet. You know, right. I thought there was a chance, but as soon as they were like, all right, tribal council, I was like, all right. Yeah. She's, she's a goner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was, I was hoping she was going to come back. I was like, oh, it's not that bad, but apparently it was, I guess I'm not a doctor. So, uh, Nicole, who are your standouts? Well, Chelsea stood out to me because wasn't she the one who caught the chickens? Yes. Yeah, she caught the chickens. I thought that was pretty impressive. Christina stood out. Sabrina, of course. I I liked her more than I thought I would. Matt stood out in a negative way. I did not like him at all. Alicia, I didn't like, but she stood out to me. I liked Leaf, and Colton stood out in a... Not very good way. <laughs> but, yeah. did, did you guys notice Colton's like speedo purple shorts yeah. after Sabrina gave him the idol? I I, I tried just... not to. <laughs> <laughs> I just I saw those and I just burst out laughing. I just thought they were so out of place. Well, Sorry, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> In some ways, Colton is very out of place. So <laughs> <Yeah>. foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's definitely ostracized by his, uh, well, by himself. But <laughs> I, I really hope that he can stay in just to make things interesting and it's, it's not boring. Because I am a big fan when Survivor isn't always predictable, even if I like the people who end up getting voted out. Who did you guys think would have been voted out had they voted? Christina. I think even if she would have come back and they said my wrist is strained sprained but i can still function uh they would have kept her and voted off christina because alicia hated her that much see i was on the other side i thought that they were gonna even if courtney came back um i thought they were gonna get rid of alicia because during that argument in tribal council it looked like most of the tribe was kind of against alicia Hmm. at least that's the way i interpreted that's kind of what i got from it too jeff and maybe it's just because i like Alicia left, but um, I, I got the vibe that more people on her tribe disliked her than liked her, but it's, it's kind of hard to tell. They all seem to have problems with each other. I don't know. I 
I got the vibes that Kat definitely was on Alicia's side more than uh, Christina. And I think the the rest of the people like Kim um, and Chelsea, Chelsea are smart enough to know that they need a goat to get to the end, so they'll keep Alicia. Just Kat to... was on Christina's side all the way. Kat was the one with her hood up who was telling Alicia to shut up. I thought she was telling Christina to shut up. Oh, maybe... I I, I got it that maybe I think she was trying to be a mediator and be like okay girls break it up because I I think she was trying both of them to be quiet I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't know we'll we'll find out what side she's on she wasn't really that relevant <laughs> <laughs> she she is the spinning image of Ashley from season nineteen by the way really I thought she was the spinning image of uh, Jamie from China maybe if, maybe if Ashley and Jamie had a love child but... there you go. <laughs> They, they would have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's pretty much all we got for uh, Survivor One World. I think this season has a lot of potential, and I'm really excited to see where this season goes from here. Um, hopefully no more injuries and medical evacuations, and we can actually complete challenges. I think this is only the second time that a challenge has been unfinished, the first being when uh, Russell Swan... <laughs> almost died at that one challenge you are you are correct and then they even finished that challenge uh in season 20 yeah they redid it and no one died so <laughs> <laughs> always a good sign yeah yeah so before we let you go though jeff we are going to talk more about your list uh the 100 most entertaining survivors yes so we last left off with boo who i think was number 93 if i was not mistaken Correct. So let's talk about three more people, 92, 91, and 90. So let's start off with number 92. Yep, number 92 is Pascal English. Uh, I think we all remember him from Survivor Marquesas. He's one of the uh, first-generation survivors, as I call them. And uh, I was a huge fan of Pascal when I first watched the season. I rooted for him to win. Um, I thought he would have won, barring the purple rock fiasco mm-hmm. but i think he also was an integral part in giving us the first season with a power shift and he, i mean the fact that he was with john tammy and uh zoe and rob decanio rob d and he decided that he, he him and Thalia decided that they uh weren't happy with that arrangement and they decided to go uh, with Sean, Vesepia and Kathy. And that decision I felt made Marquesas a much better season. I mean, the fact that Vesepia won is a bit nerve wracking and a bit angry. <laughs> but it, I, I think that it, Pascal and Malia together made it a good season. And the reason why it's Pascal on his own and not Pascal and Malia together is I feel like Pascal had enough, uh, entertaining moments on his own that he didn't that, that I didn't need to put Nalia on the list because I felt like him alone was the entertaining one or him with uh Sean on the donkeys <laughs> yeah, well yeah but and you uh, will see Sean I guarantee you you will see Sean later on in the list he's much much higher on the list than Pascal because he's one of my favorite characters from that season that's but, good uh, Sorry, go ahead. I said, yeah, that's good. For me, uh, when watching Marquesas, I was a huge Kathy fan. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be okay with your uh, Pascal as long as Kathy is ahead of him. 
Pat Kathy is also on the list. Okay. Yes, don't worry. That's good. Then I then yeah, I accept and support your decision of Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I actually just recently rewatched Marquesas, and I was just reminded how how great Kathy was, and so I, I was really happy with that. But I felt like Pascal also incredibly entertaining. Um, my friend who I was talking about watching Survivor One World with, uh, we all we watched Survivor Marquesas together. And she really liked Pascal, and then I mentioned to her the fact that Pascal was recently uh, caught having an affair with his uh, district attorney, I think it was. She uh, no longer was a fan of Pascal. <laughs> so, and and I, I, I don't know if you read the post. I uh, did, yes. Yeah, you, know, you know that I tried my best not to mention it, but there was a little bit in there that I had to pull out a joke <laughs> about sh- uh, Pascal being gun-shy around John. <laughs> yeah i i actually hadn't really heard that until i read your blog post and then i looked it up and i was like well this isn't good um. <laughs> and it was something, a, a story much that was very that was very similar came out uh probably about two or three years ago that there was a possibility that it was happening and then just maybe five months ago they released something saying that he quit his job mm-hmm. uh after being accused of, of doing it and being caught in a car with his district attorney, so. Well, thank you for forever tainting my views of beloved Survivor characters. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Before we move on, real quick, why Pascal above Boo? Pascal above Boo. I, in, uh, until the district attorney thing, I wanted to see Pascal back in the game. He's someone that I advocated for for a long time. I think he should have been in All-Stars above people like Shean, who I'm not a big fan of, and you will not be seeing Shean on the list because I don't find her entertaining at all. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted him back in the game from the get-go. And I, I also think that being one of the people who provided us with the reason that Marquesas is such a highly regarded season definitely deserved to be on the list. Yeah. All right, then let's move on to number 91. Christy. Christy was not on my original list. And if you've been, if you paid really close attention, which I doubt you did, she was originally on my uh, list of people who didn't quite make the cut. But eventually I had to throw her back on the list because she was really the first handicapped survivor to ever play the game. And, uh, I don't know, I, I thought she had plenty of entertaining moments on her own, but the fact that she was able to cope with something that would be so debilitating to most people in the game of Survivor, I thought really was kind of inspirational and really deserved recognition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see her on the list um, because, you know, I was a big fan when she was on the season. I wanted her to win, and I just, yeah, I agree. it's very inspiring that a deaf person would want to be on Survivor because... You know, it's all about your social game and everything. So it was definitely very difficult for her to um, be as social as she needed to be for this game. But she did very well. Yeah, I found uh, Christy very entertaining. One of my favorites from Survivor Amazon. So uh, once again, I I like your choice. Good, I'm glad. And, and, you know, kind of harkening back to what Nicole said, the fact that you're in, and I mentioned it in the blog, but the fact that you're in the jungle for 39 days and you have no electricity, you have no way to communicate with people after a certain time at night and before a certain point in the morning just, I think, adds to the fact that it was, it's something that could really, 
debilitate some people in the game of Survivor. They wouldn't be able to play the same game. And I mean, the fact that she was able to do it, I think, was was really inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Why Christy above Pascal? Christy above Pascal. She's really the um, the like I said, she's the first handicapped person to be on Survivor. She, uh, I. I wanted her back in the game. I wanted her to be on All-Stars. When she wasn't on All-Stars, I wanted her to be on uh, Fans versus Favorites because um, I heard a rumor that she was actually asked to be back on Fans versus Favorites, but she was working on a TV show uh, doing doing her own thing. I think she was, like, producing it or something. And so she, she refused that request. And so, I like, I like I've been kind of saying this entire list, I'm picking people who I'd like to see back in the game. And uh, Christy is someone who I'd definitely like to see back in the game of Survivor again because just to see how kind of mainstream America can deal with someone who's completely different and just has lived a completely different life than they have. Um, it's fun It's fun to watch and it's inspiring to watch. And I like I said, I'd like to see her back in the game. All right, 90. Yes, Ozzy Lutz. And uh, I'd like to reiterate that this is Ozzy in South Pacific only. I, 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 we mentioned in the last podcast that I'm doing Survivors based on one season appearance. And so this is Ozzy purely for his appearance on South Pacific. And I, I mentioned quite a bit in the blog that I was very against Ozzy in South Pacific. Like, I didn't want him to win. Um, I thought that I, I didn't want any returning player to win. I, I felt like having two seasons in a row where you bring two returning players back and have two returning players win would have just debilitated Survivor. I think casual fans would have been no longer interested. I think avid fans would have been an outrage. And I, I feel I'm, – I'm glad he didn't win. I'm glad Coach didn't win. Yeah, uh, me but too. I feel like Ozzy in this season, because he was so – I was so against him. He provided me with a lot of entertainment. And, I mean, being the first person to be voted off three times in one season is obviously a big accomplishment. Uh, no one's ever done that before. You had two people voted off twice in a season, but no one's ever done it thrice. And, it, like I mentioned in the blog, Ozzy, I was watching South Pacific with the friend that I've been talking about, and she and I were just, just screaming at the top of our our lungs during that last immunity challenge um, between Ozzy and Sophie, and the fact that he was able to actually get me out of my seat and to be screaming at my television just kind of it is evidence to the fact that he was absolutely entertaining this season. He was a reason that people kept watching. Yeah, I find I found him very entertaining. I I like you was not a fan of Ozzy in this season, and was openly rooting against him. I was really hoping Cochran or Edna would beat him in a in a duel. Yeah, but definitely entertaining and and brought someone you could either root for, uh, such as the casual fan, or root against, such as the hardcore fans. Will we see that, him two other times on the list, or you will see him once more on the list? Okay, and so you can guess which one it's for. But uh, I'd also like to reiterate that his move at the very uh, end of the pre-merge game. It, Go voting him basically voting himself out was un, un, unprecedented. It was the first episode of Survivor that my father has ever watched because I happened to be at home that week. Er, that week, and my dad was watching, and my dad was enthralled with it, which is just also <laughs> unprecedented because my dad hates Survivor. Um, he hates the idea of Survivor. He's never watched an episode except for that one. But. I mean, that was just, that move, I thought it was absolutely brilliant in some ways. I thought it was terribly stupid in some ways. I thought, I just didn't know what to think of it. and it, it, Just entertaining beyond all else. 
Yeah. So why Ozzy above Christy? I would want to see Ozzy back if it if it weren't for his previous two appearances. If I were if I if he were a new player in Survivor South Pacific again, I'd want to see him back in the game because even though I hated him, he made huge huge moves and. The fact that he did that is enough alone to bring him back for another season if, if he weren't a returning player. And also, I mean, he's the first one on the list that has really made a big move. You know, Pascal, Pascal made a move that would work out either way. There, there was Pascal went from a majority alliance to a majority alliance. That, that's not a huge risk. Mm-hmm. Because you're ta- I mean, you're going from an alliance of five to an alliance of five. You know, wherever you shift is where you go. There wasn't a risk in there. But Ozzy's move was a very obvious risk. I mean, that, that that could have just worked completely against him. He could have been out of the game and regarded as one of the stupidest survivors in history. Yeah. Um, however, he was willing to take that risk, and he just did it in such an entertaining way. You know, he made the joke right after he got uh, – right after voting took place that he was actually going to have Cochran go home. And he, then he came back with a vengeance, and then Cochran ended up stabbing in the back. I mean, just everything about Ozzy in this season was was thoroughly entertaining, and uh, even though I rooted against him so avidly. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on and being on the podcast, talking with us about One World, and sharing uh, a couple more people on your list. We'll be excited to talk to you again next week to talk about some more people uh, on your list as well. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this, and we we always enjoy talking with you and hearing your opinions on the show well thanks for having me on like i like i said last time i absolutely enjoyed it and i look forward to coming back all right thank you again and yeah we'll see you next week thanks very much see you bye Bye. all right so there you have it that's our thoughts on the first episode of survivor one world and we got to hear a couple more of jeff's people to make it on the top 100 entertaining survivors we thank you all for listening be sure to tune in next week we're hoping to get a former survivor on the podcast we're still working on and negotiations but uh, hopefully it's there, and we will also be hoping to get Albert on the podcast sometime. Just a matter of scheduling, and we hopefully will be able to get that as well. But uh, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. On Facebook or iTunes, David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. The best way to get updates on who our guests are going to be is through our Facebook group, so be sure to to sign up and join that as well. Yeah, just thank you guys so much for listening. Nicole, you have anything else? That's it. All right, we will see you next week for Episode 2 of Survivor One World. Bye. Bye.